Hey guys, what's going on? G-Man here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Bullpen Cart presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Greg Piatelli and I recap the past week in baseball. We go through all of our usual business, the hot and cold teams, the top players of the week, stadium snacks, bleacher creatures, a little bit of Phillies talk. We recap a couple key series, look ahead to the next week. It was a lot of fun to record. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say in the comments. But as always, make sure that you go like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. Again, search the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review while you are there. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle. Thunderbox Sports on Instagram and Facebook, just like the website, ThunderboxSports.com. But enjoy this week's episode, guys. Here we go. And we are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the bullpen cart presented by thunderblogsports.com i of course am the g-man jordy cannell joining me for the first time in a couple weeks but as always is my man greg the prophet piatelli how are you my friend i'm loving uh the the college football and nfl pods that uh the thunderblog sports is also producing um, you know, you and uh, Maddie D kill it on those. I love uh, big college football fans, so I'd like to see Syracuse get some love, especially their quarterback, since uh, Syracuse is two and zero, and their quarterback has thrown about like fifteen touchdowns in two weeks. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice to throw a mention over here and there, but uh, I'll have to wait till next week's pod to to see if they get a shout out. <laughs> All right, well, submit a, submit in a uh a, a fan question, and we'll be sure to answer it. I'll, I'll just submit, like you can. I'll, I'll submit an anonymous, an anonymous fan question. An anonymous? An anonymous? An But anyway, let's talk baseball. We are starting to get into the home stretch for the regular season. I'm in my semifinals for fantasy. Um, but we are, Greg, it's it's starting to, to shake out a little bit in the National League. The American League has looked like it's been a little more, a little pretty clear for the last couple of weeks since getting even clear with the Mariners really falling, falling down in some hard times, but nationally doing it as well. I mean, what have your thoughts been as we've entered September and everything's been going forward with them? Some crazy surprises. Um, the NL West really falling off and fast and uh, the NL central, a league that really you and I have been, I think we've been talking about it the least in terms of the three divisions in the, in the national league. And, and we turn around and now the Cubs and Brewers have 83 and 82 wins respectively. And that's, you know, right up there. That's leading all of the national league. And, and again, you and I were sort of low on that, that division. Can we talk about how, because you mentioned the NLS, can we talk about how the Tampa Bay Rays would be tied for the division lead if they were in the national league? Yeah. And the Tampa Bay Rays, don't look now, but I mean, <laughs> they're not mathematically eliminated. Eight games, eight games out of the wild card, and oh. 
we have we got just over or less than a month, but I mean, it, it, you're right. It's it's everyone was talking about how the Red Sox, um, you know, the Red Sox, Astros, and Cleveland have have so many wins because the American League is so so bad. But as you mentioned, you know, Tampa Rays and they're out here could be leading that that NL West. So yeah, are the Red Sox ruining baseballs? That's what I'm hearing you say, Greg. I'm not saying it, but uh, there are there are Boston sports reporters who are saying that the Red Sox have been sitting on Easy Street and mad at Dombrowski. Uh, you know, the talk around Boston is that Dombrowski, when he had those Tigers teams, never built a bullpen that could win uh, in the playoffs. So they are fearful that they did the same thing. He's uh, the same thing here this year with this Red Sox team. And uh, if this past series week, if this past weekend series with the Houston Astros tell us anything. It, they're not wrong because to get an unbelievable performance from David Price uh, and then blow it on Friday night, uh, the opener, it stung. You know, it really stung because David Price has really been really been playing well recently, pitching well recently, um, especially because he got a cold start. So that first loss was tough, and then uh, similar similar there for Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, they did a similar sort of gave it up with their bullpen, but, and then even Sunday, you know, Porcello pitched really well and he was up five to one, came out of the game, bullpen gave up five, five, and they had to hit a walk-off to win Sunday night. So, uh, nervous, I would say for the playoffs in terms of the Red Sox bullpen, but can't take away from what's been done this year. They've done this year so far, but Jordy, did you get to, uh, get a little quick recap of the Phillies and, and then we'll hop into our standings. Yeah, the Phillies still haven't won a series since the beginning of August. They were down in Washington and had some some tough losses. Um, they did win one game, and then they come out. They win Friday night against the Mets. A great win, great team win. And then they lose pretty badly Saturday. And Sunday, they were supposed to face Jacob deGrom. The weather, the Mets decided to not have Jacob deGrom pitch in a tropical storm. So they threw out some guy. And the Phillies lost to them. They lost 6-4. They lost another series. Uh, so they come home. They come home for a nine-game homestand before they go on their uh, incredible road uh, road uh, trip to end the season, or ju- just about to end the season. They'll have one final home series. But, yeah, it's um, a lot of missed opportunities because your Red Sox did the job against the Atlanta Braves in the middle of the week. So the Phillies could have really jumped up in the division, but – the Braves, uh, they're hanging in there in terms of that division lead, and the Phillies could be a lot better than four and a half games out in the division and in the wild card. Well, we've been saying it for three weeks, it seems like now. You know, the the Braves are playing 500 baseball, and the Phillies are playing one below it. So it's <laughs> well, nine games under 500 since sweeping the Florida Mar- or the Miami Marlins in the first weekend of August. I read there, I think, 11 and 20 since then. So they're nine games under 500. They've gone from being pretty comfortably, or at least making me feel pretty comfortable about my over-under bet of 78 and a half to now being six games above 500. And I'm not saying that I'm a little worried, but I'm a lot of worried that they all they need to do is win five games and I win money. And they're they're slowly but surely getting there. Yeah, and, and you and I discussed this the Braves are asking the Phillies to take it. And I, I posed the question to you two weeks ago of, 
if the Phillies don't make the playoffs, is this season considered a failure? Um, despite the fact they've outperformed everyone's predictions, uh, you had an answer then. Is the answer the same now, or is it you? You had said yes, it was a failure. Is it different? Is your answer different now, or is it the same? It'd be yes, just because of the fact that they were right there. But I mean, like, like your defense to it and kind of my thought at the beginning of the season, I saw them as a round 500 team. It would just be a disappointment seeing where they were to see them run out of gas seemingly so quickly from where they were on July 31st to where they are now on, on Monday, September 10th, being six games above 500. Their, their run differential is now minus 13. They're 11 games under 500 away from Citizens Bank Park. It just would be disappointing to see that. It would be a tough 500 record to take, even if they win, you know, 82, 83, 84 games. There are a couple games about 500, and they miss the playoffs. It would be be happy to see them finally reach that mark, but it would be tough to see of all those teams that I constantly mention every single week of the 05, 06 teams, the ones that got oh so close but no cigar to the playoffs. This would be the most painful, and a lot of their losses kind of that they've had this year add on to that you know you have the Velasquez leaving second base early you have all these different wacky plays that the Phillies have lost games on and the terrible defense so there's just a lot of disappointment that would be left uh as that would be left in the air so that was my next my next question I wanted to pose to you uh and it is centered around Gabe the Babe is because I know in football you know coach calls the wrong play you give up a touchdown it's on the coach hockey you know, you have the wrong line out there or what have you. Baseball, you talk about defense, you talk about poor poor base running. How much is that on the coach or how much is that on lack of baseball IQ for the base path or just, you know, are they not practicing defense enough or are these guys just, they only brought them up because they're hitting? Like, how, you know, is again, is it on the coach, is it on the manager or is it just players are going to be players no matter what? Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's strictly on Gabe. It could be on the coaching in general. I don't it's tough because there's so many different ways that you can look at it because you've seen the Phillies be one of the most unlucky teams in terms of using the shift in, in all of baseball to now they they more and more teams use it as frequently as the Phillies have because the analytics says so and, and blah blah blah. The base running, though, I, I don't know where that stems from because there's guys that it's a questionable call to begin with because Velasquez, in terms of him leaving early, you know, you, you I, I can't really think of other times that he had. I, I need to see other numbers, and it, this was almost two weeks ago, so it's really leaving my head. But like Odubel Herrera has had some base running issues, and he's been a guy that for a long time was a leadoff hitter. He was a number two hitter. So in theory, he should know, and he's a center fielder by trade, he should have an idea from basically his entire baseball life of how to run the bases. So I don't know where the miscommunications coming from, where these gaps and, you know, these brain farts are coming from, but it's just been tough to see because it's just frustrating. Yeah. And, and to that point, I, I feel as if, I feel as if managerially Base running is something that you can talk about with the team. Base running, you know, your third base coach is telling a guy to go or not go. And how often do baseball teams do drills outside of spring training? You know, they're expected, guys are expected to be able to field their position 
when they get to the majors. I know, you know, guys will be out there during pra batting practice, taking ground balls and stuff, or, you know, they'll be doing different things um, defensively to get better. But a lot of times you'll see it. Oh, you know, for example, uh, Brandon Phillips, the Red Sox just called up. He is a natural third baseman, but he was taking ground balls at first, you know, if they yeah. ever need him to play first or JD Martinez, similar, you know, he's an outfielder, but he's took balls at first, you know? So for me, it's one of those things where is it on the coaching staff for not putting guys in those positions or is it on the GM for, uh, you know, the Red Sox have a guy in Jackie Bradley jr. Who was hit barely hits 200, but he's easily the best center fielder in terms of defensive plays, uh, diving to balls in his range and, and his play at the wall, uh, easily the best in all of baseball, and, and yet he can't hit a lick, and he is an everyday player because of his defense. So, I, you know, a GM or, or managers, whose fault is it? You know, I just wanted to get your opinion quickly because uh, I love Gabe DeBabe, obviously, and uh, I want him to succeed. No, for sure, and I think – because you do see, obviously, you see Scott Kingery's played shortstop all year, but he was a second baseman coming through the ranks. So I, I don't know necessarily. Did you just throw him and throw him to the wolves at a completely different position that kind of screwed around with his head in terms of you know, his batting, where he hasn't really been able to hit a lick a ton this season? There's been spurts, but not really consistently. And then he's he's a fairly good shortstop still defensively. He's a very good defensive player. At least he was in the minors. He won the Silver Glove, which is the gold glove, but for all of the minor leagues. So not just triple a, but double a single a blah, blah, blah. He won that as second base. So he has that skill. So maybe there is the Phillies saw that a couple of years, couple years back with a guy named Darren Ruff, who was a first baseman. They moved him out into the outfield because they were still heavily invested both financially and just nostalgia wise and Ryan Howard at first. So they moved him to the outfield and he was never really the same player again. He wasn't in triple a. He wasn't when he finally got up to the Phillies. You haven't really seen that a ton out of Reese. You'd want, especially with before he got hurt, Roman Quinn uh, and, and Odubel Herrera and Nick, uh, Nick Williams, who are all just track stars, basically. You might want to hope that you see that defense, but on the flip side of Reese can hit the shit out of the ball. He just hit his 30th home run yesterday. You know, there's, so there's the trade-off there. I, I don't want to say like throwing Carlos Santana around the different positions because Carlos Santana is a good defensive player too, and he's been good when he's been put at third. I think they're just there are just you know gaps. They're my they're just brain farts, and they I don't know if it's just the bright lights or what it is with how young this team is. I think they're the second youngest team in baseball, so maybe there's that too. But I don't know. It's it's tough. I don't think it's really Matt Clintac making any sort of wrong moves. Because really, all he's been pretty conservative with what he's been doing in terms of, in terms of uh, you know building this team. I, I would argue the most aggressive thing he does he's done is signing Jake Arrieta in March. Yeah, so I hear you, but the Red Sox and Yankees also have super young superstars in their team, and uh, you don't necessarily see them making. I mean, Rafael Devers, we talked about his his errors on the on, on defense. Yeah all the time. So, you know, you do see it. Um, and obviously Gary Sanchez with the Yankees. So you do see errors from young guys in the field. So yeah, I, I, I guess give him a pass. So Jordy, uh, don't want to switch too much, but I uh, just received word that the Indians are going to activate Josh Donaldson from the DL 
uh, this week. So there's been a lot of controversy surrounding him going to Cleveland from Toronto. Tell me why I should be mad uh, as a Red Sox fan and tell me why I should be concerned or, or march down to league offices and, and have this trade null and void. So basically, it's not just the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros, basically every team in the wild car, or in the playoff hunt in the American League is upset with how the Indians acquired Josh Donaldson. For those that don't know, he hasn't played he has not played a game in baseball since late May. He's been on been on and off the DL. It was not on the DL when he got traded on August 31st, the last day that you can be traded to another team and be eligible for the playoffs as we went over with all these, with a number of different players a couple weeks ago. So he's not injured. He gets traded to Cleveland, but Josh Donaldson was worried that he wasn't going to be ready and able to go. Now, why are we not? Why do we talk about this? Because during that waiver period and to be eligible for, to be put on waivers and to be traded, you need to be completely healthy by and cleared by both the organization you belong to. So in this case, the blue Jays, and by Major League Baseball. So, Josh Donaldson not on the DL. The Blue Jays claim he's ready to go, but issued, quote, a buyer beware to every team that was interested in him. I think the Red Sox were included in that. A number of teams were. The Indians basically meet with the guy. They love him. They trade for him. And a day or two after they get him, they put him on the DL. So, he didn't play a single game or anything like that. So, what the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros are upset about is that the Indians traded for a guy who was probably hurt when he should technically not have been able to be traded. And why that's worrisome is that if he's completely healthy and looks like the guy that won the MVP three years ago, then he could be a complete game breaker in the playoffs. So, so I mean, re- really, this, this is assuming he does get back to that level, but I mean, but as you said, he's playing rehab starts now and he's probably going to get activated later this week. So they'll have plenty of time to get him, you know, playoff ready. Yeah. And at the end of the day, even if he's not his MVP form, he's still a guy who can hit home runs. And exactly all you need is one one swing of the bat, especially in the playoffs with the five game series in the first round. Um, so at the end of the day, Jordy, is anything going to come out of this? It doesn't look like it. I mean, I, I don't know if teams are filing protests. I just read an article on Sports Illustrated within a, an hour before you and I hopped on, and it's six thirty right now on the East even, Coast. So even even with a protest, though, uh, I don't know if they can reverse a trade. Yeah, right. There's no. There's yeah, no. I don't think you can do that. that. All right. Uh, so you're saying I should be worried, and and Cleveland's a bunch of cheaters. Uh, all right. Sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they play the Astros first, so maybe if they. Play the Astros and then get a get a penalty. So maybe that's what you should hope for, unless the Red Sox really fuck it up and have to play him in the first round. Hey, uh, hey, chill with that shit. They're like, chill. They're nine games up in the window. Yeah. All right, Jordy. Hot teams. Let's start in the National League. Uh, the, okay. Let's start in the league. We always said the American League. But let's start in the, in the National League, the league that is still open uh, in terms of playoffs, and who knows what's going to happen. Come down the stretch here. Okay. You want me to go first? Uh, yeah. Give me your hot team. I got the Milwaukee Brewers. Great. Great choice, Jordy. Who, on the heels of Cole Hamels asking if, their, if the rivalry with the Cubs was really a rivalry, come out and beat the Cubs 4-3 to three in their first game. 
11 to one. And then they lost the third game, but then they go and sweep the giants. They sweep a team. They need to go sweep. And now they're only two games back the Chicago Cubs. And they've, I mean, they're just clicking on all levels. They're winners of eight of their last 10. They're all but in the playoffs. I mean, they're three, they're two and a half games up on the Cardinals. So really the possibility of them falling out is still there. Um, the Dodgers are right there. The Diamondbacks are right there. The Phillies are only four, four and a half games back from the Cardinals. So there's still a lot of jumbledness within the race. But I mean, it may not even matter because they could catch up to the Cubs. They're playing them this week, and they we could be seeing a new team on top in that division if the Cubs aren't careful. I, I love that pick, Jordy, and especially because the Brewers. You know, we talked about it at the jump. Cubs and Brewers, two best records in the National League, and kind of like almost like the Yankees, Red Sox, and in that the two best teams, and one of them has to be the wild card. So it's it's yep. tough for them, but um, you know it helps them well, too. Well, they're playing well, but the big thing, Jordy, is they have a lot more losses than the Cubs. So sure, I I mean, regardless of the Cubs playing five hundred right now. I still have a feeling that uh, they'll be able to hold on just because they just – it sounds so simple, but they just can't lose. They don't they – don't, as long as they continue to win uh, more than they lose, they'll be fine. That's a nice little John Madden take from you there. <laughs> what I was getting at is the, the Brewers and the Cubs being in the NL Central, and the Pirates have been hot as of late, but really it's still the Pirates, and – you you have to take that for what it is, but they play the Pirates, the Reds, the Pirates, the Cardinals, which will actually be a big series. And then they finish off with the Tigers for the rest of the season. The Cubbies, as as the schedule loads up, they'll have similar. They're obviously playing the Brewers during this week. We mentioned that at the or at the jump of this, they play a makeup game in Washington that was rained out over the weekend. So they'll have to go back to D.C. Then they play the the Reds, the Car- the Diamondbacks. Then the White Sox, a very late crosstown rivalry game. Then they're home for the rest of the final seven games of the season against the Pirates and then against the Cardinals, another big one. So the the Cardinals are really going to have to claw their way into the playoffs if they want to really make an impact. But, you know, I think think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a really interesting run down the stretch for the NL Central. And I think that's going to be what you need to watch in, you know, in terms of anything. If you're a Phillies fan, if you're a Dodgers fan, a Rockies fan, because they're only a game up on the Dodgers, a Diamondbacks fan, there's a, there's a lot to watch out on there. Yeah. I love it. Tough schedule for them. Um, And they have the starting pitching. They load it up for a reason, right? Yep. So hopefully they can, I mean, they have the young bats, they have the talent and hopefully their starting pitching can come through. Is you Darvish back? No, you Darvish is out for the year. Oh, did I did did you just mention that? Yeah, that, that that was like a week ago. That was on your uh, last week pod. At least, at the very least, last week it might have even been a couple weeks ago. No, you mentioned it on the podcast. Yeah, it's been mentioned on the podcast before. All right. Um, my hot team of the week, Jordy, is the Colorado Rockies. Good pick. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Got a compliment. Got to keep the compliments going. <laughs> They have won six of their last eight games. Six of the last eight, I repeat, six of the last eight games. Uh, swept the San Francisco Giants, effectively 100% knocking them out. Um, lost two out of three of the Dodgers at home, which is tough. However, they continue to hold on to first place um, in the West by a half a game because they have one less loss than the Dodgers. 
Um, so they control their own fate. They control their own destiny right now. And the hot te- they ha- they're a hot team for me simply because they are just not producing runs. Uh, or they're, sorry, their pitching is giving up too many runs, um, I think, for them to do anything in the playoffs. However, their offense is doing exceptionally well recently, scoring seven runs, nine runs, six runs, five runs four runs, you know, all six runs, all in their wins. So um, certainly, certainly, certainly a team that has been producing, uh, like I said, six of the last eight, huge, huge uh, week for them. No, no, definitely a great point from you. And can we talk about how ESPN is the playoff percentages that they have, like the likelihood they'll make it? Theirs is only 484 and the Dodgers is 82.9. If the Rockies, if they really, you know, if they're, they pay attention to the scoreboards, which side note, Johnny Miller kept saying that about Justin Rose today. And I don't know why these people think the pros are actually looking at scoreboards. They're not, but if they do use this as motivation to go out, beat up the Arizona diamondbacks at home, you got a four game series here. You play the Dodgers again next week. And then again, and then the diamondbacks again, then you have the Phillies who are awful on the road for four games. So you got a lot of opportunities here. Rockies to at least knock maybe not knock out, but knock off the, the Diamondbacks a little bit and stay in contention with the Dodgers. So, you know, I really like that pick. And, I mean, kind of to hammer home your point about their offense, Greg, they've let up the second most runs in the National – or the third most, excuse me, in the National League. And their run differential is only minus 11. And they're still 14 games above 500. So, I mean, they're really pumping out runs when they absolutely need to and they are staying hot which they need they obviously need to do yeah I, and what's what's crazy to me is that the diamondbacks were a team that were winning leading the west for you know two weeks ago three weeks ago so the fact that and the rockets were in third is the fact the rockets were able to jump and move up into that first place spot is it's really week to week right now in the nl west yep so uh, for me, it's a crapshoot of who can make it, and and the the, the percentages are for not. I think the ESPN's always been high on on uh, the Dodgers, so <laughs> it is what it is. But no. Jordy, cold team of the week. Uh, you know what? I kind of want to skip cold teams this week. But you want to just skip them unless you got something good. I mean, the Diamondbacks are in there. They've lost seven of the last 10. You mentioned the Giants. They're effectively out at this point in, a, in the midst of an eight-game skid. So worth noting there. I mean, the Phillies we talked about a little bit. The Cubs are five and five in their last 10. So that's part of how the, the Brewers have been able to jump up. So a couple, a little bit of coldness from some teams that that kind of need it, have, have had opportunities to get hot and kind of floundering a little bit, but. You know, well, the Cubs had two games versus the Nationals uh, rained out. Uh, they had one that was postponed, and then it got finished yesterday, and then the other game got completely washed out. Interesting. Yeah, the, very weird. I had friends that were in D.C. and went to – they went on Saturday. Then the game got postponed to Sunday. So they went back Sunday, and I think they were allowed to stay for the, the next game, and they only got to see part of the baseball game. So, you know, kind of a, a wet and – Washed out weekend down in the uh, the nation's capital. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Uh, hot team of the week, Jordy. American League. Going with the Oakland Athletics. 
I'm going to go with them because you mentioned this all the time about how well they've done against the Reds, the Red Sox. They took two or three from the Yankees last week in Oakland. We mentioned it, or at least I did on the solo pod, that that's pretty crucial because they're only two and a half games behind the Yankees for that for the one and two wild cards. If they can get that at home, or even if they go to Yankee Stadium, it looks like they're starting to get their number. And if they continue to stay this hot, I mean, they're – pitching staff we don't talk about nearly enough they've only let up 598 runs which is only 18 more than the Yankees it's only 39 more than the Red Sox I mean it's nowhere close to the Astros but it's 18 more than the Indians we talk about how awesome the Indians rotation is all the time I mean they've almost scored 700 runs they've scored again their run differentials in triple digits they've won four in a row I mean Greg, these guys, they have one of the best away records in baseball and one of the better ones at home in, in the American League, uh, your Red Sox being the tops there. But their away record of 48 and or 41 and 28 is incredible. Yeah, no, and, and they're a team that pitches really well, plays defense really well. Play, I mean, you would think that they, without the superstars we talked about, but – they hit home runs. They can beat you with the small ball. They quietly, their bullpen is out of this world. Quietly, they're quietly they're they might they they've I I mean they're getting close to surpassing the Yankees. And if I was New York, I mean myself included, I would much rather play the Reds uh, the Yankees in the first round than. Then the Oakland Athletics. Yeah. Uh, so if that wild card, if those are the wild card, if that's the wild card one game elimination, um, I don't want to say I'm rooting for the Yankees, but part of me is rooting for the Yankees because I'd much rather face them than than the Athletics and careful what I wish for because Judge could be back by then. But uh, sure. great pick, Jordy. Yeah, the one thing I would say to be a little concerned about is, and it's a good thing they hit a lot of home runs, but they can sometimes be a little home run dependent. So that's you know a give and take there, like any hard hitting team. But they currently have they have Chris Davis who has over forty home runs. Matt Olson has twenty five. Stephen Piscotty has twenty three. Matt Chapman has twenty two, and he's been on fire recently. Jed Lowry has twenty one. So we'll see. We'll see how they go there. But definitely a lot of, of a lot of excitement. I mean, they also hit a ton of doubles at that ballpark that they play in the uh, O dot Co Coliseum, is I believe what uh is their current sponsor is. <laughs> formerly overstock.com so are they are, quick uh sidebar here are they when the raiders move are they getting rid of their stadium i don't think they've come out with a decision yet i think they were trying to and i think they might stay in the coliseum in like a very short term with the idea of building a new stadium in oakland but I don't think they've come up with that in in concrete yet. I think the Coliseum is such an iconic stadium. I feel like they could just rework it to make it fit baseball better. Yeah, make, like actually put in like stands and make it a little little more fitting. Yeah. Athletic Stadium. I'm just gonna you yeah. uh, you give me your hot team of the week, and I'm gonna look up Athletic Stadium news. So I'm gonna before I give my hot team of the week, I'm gonna give a quick shout out to the Tampa Bay Rays who. Um, have won eight of their last nine games. Yep. Yep. Um, and you know they are doing well and, and playing really well. And 
good on them. Uh, my hot team of the week has to be the Houston Astros, um, taking two out of three from the best team in baseball. Hey, you want you want to walk through that series and, and sort of what you were thinking, or do you want to finish up on the the Astros first? Well, I talked about a little bit. It's the Red Sox bullpen that blew it. Um, their starters, David Price, Friday night threw a gem, uh, only gave up one run, and then their bullpen came in and, and blew it, and that was really a difference. And then. Same thing Saturday and, and Sunday, same thing as well. And the Red Sox headed a walk-off in order to win it. Um, top to bottom, the Astros lineup, just like the Red Sox lineup, everyone can hit, everyone can mash the ball. And even with Altuve not really swinging the bat really well right now, just because he's still 10 days removed from his from coming off the disabled list, uh, he when he starts hitting like he did last year in the playoffs, it's only going to be that much scarier. Um, granted they beat the angels and the twins, but, um, you know, they still had a great, had a great, uh, great week. So gotta be who's on your schedule. Yes. True. Um, yeah. So outside of the Rays, I would say the Astros would be my, my hot team. They had a good, they had a really good week. I mean, you mentioned taking, taking some from the, the Red Sox there. I mean, the A's though are are getting are staying hot as the Astros. We talked about this. Could they get hot and kind of pull away from this? And they're at least pulling away to to almost confirm they're going to be in the playoffs. But I mean, still, you're taking care of who's on your schedule, and you can't really be upset with that. But I mean, shout out to a couple guys that that are stepping up while some other guys have been injured, like Alex Bregman. A huge, huge year for him. He's hit. Th- 30 home runs now. He's three RBI away from getting to 100. Um, his a point. He's a point below 300. He's on base percentage over 400. Slugging percentage over 560. So huge for him. George Springer, uh, Yori Gurriel, Marwin Gonzalez. I mean, those are names that you remember from the playoffs last year. Bregman obviously had a big playoffs too. But you know, he. If you remember last year, he got into a Twitter argument with some guy that was saying it'd be good for the Astros to trade him. And Bregman got a little offended by it, as as one might if you're a starter and on a you know top American League team. And then he goes out and has the playoffs that he does, and he followed that up with an awesome, awesome season. So, I mean, he's just continuing that. He has the highest WAR on the team of seven point five. So good for him. And I, and I think you know a lot of those guys, you know, the usual usual suspects, if you will, uh, have a lot of their their shouts too but give a give a guy uh, some credit while we have a chance yeah and a team that has been producing all year but it really has been the red sox unprecedented season that has overshadowed um overshadowed houston they still in their own right have the best record in in major league baseball after the red sox and would be the best team in baseball um if the red sox weren't on a historic pace so yeah no, that's a really good point, actually. So, uh, so I have an update on the Athletic Stadium. This is an article that was published a couple of weeks ago in the San Francisco Times. So they're going to have two different firms helping to design the new Oakland Athletics ballpark. Jark Ingalls Group, also known as Big, they're from Copenhagen, and the Gensler Group, which is from San Francisco, are going to help out with both uh, Big has done a lot. They're going to be the lead design. It's all privately financed, which that's that's pretty nice. Um, it's going to be either near Howard Terminal, which I'm not sure where that is, or near the Coliseum. Um, but Gensler has helped with designing 
the new Golden State Warriors Arena, and the A's new training complex in Mesa, Arizona. But shout out to Mesa. Ran through there on my marathon that I ran last year. Beautiful, beautiful town. Um, but yeah, so that's the update. It sounds like it's going to be, it's either going to be right near where the current place is. I don't know where Howard terminal is. I didn't Google maps that, but, uh, cool that it's privately financed. Good, good job on the, the A's for not using taxpayer dollars to kind of build something up, especially if I guess with a new stadium, they wouldn't have some sort of move like the, the Raiders would have, but good on them. It sounds like too, that they'll, uh, they're going to try to incorporate some classic ballpark style. Um, they're the, line that I read is that there's a signature in parts of classic ballparks that they want to incorporate to deliver the ethos of either Fenway Park or Wrigley Field. So it sounds like it's pretty cool. So are they going to copy the monster? No, I, I think just like sort of like how Citizens Bank Park was designed to look like a classic ballpark. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, Citizens Bank Park looks the same as everyone else got it. Um, no, they were one of the first ones in 2004. <laughs> I'm just Oh, I'm just giving you a hard time. We beat the Cardinals to doing it. We did it for, I mean, maybe oh. San Francisco did it first, but, but I'm just giving you a hard time. Yeah. I'm just giving you a hard time. All right. Uh, hopefully they'll put a, hopefully they'll put a home run thing in their outfield like the Marlins did. Um, or a fucking, do you think they would steal something? What would be the Oakland version of the Apple in New York that the Mets have? It's <laughs> a great question. Do we think maybe uh, Alcatraz? Do we think Oakland's just not a good uh, sports town? Well, I mean, they have the Warriors. Yeah, fair. All right. I mean, like Warriors fans, when they still had that weird, like Aztec looking warrior, like those fans, not like the Silicon Valley ones that jumped in when Steph Curry yeah, started being good. Like, yeah. Those guys are those guys are like black hole Raider type hardcore fans. That's true. When when Baron Davis was on the team. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, that, yeah that's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> Jordy, let's keep this show rolling right. here. We're on such a roll. Top, right top players of the week. Give me your Roy Hobbs, American League top player, top hitter of the week. Yeah, so my top hitter of the week is going to be uh, Mr. Utility Man himself, the Japanese Babe Ruth Shohei Otani, nice. who had himself a fantastic week on top of being told that he had to get Tommy John surgery and won't pitch in 2019. Otani hits four bombs, 10 ribbies. He scored eight runs himself at an had a batting average of 474. That is nine hits, 19 ABs. He walked four times for for an at for a uh, on base percentage. Excuse me, of 565. He stole a couple bases as well. He did get caught a couple times, but you know that'll happen. Uh, yeah. So I mean, got to give the man some shout outs. He's uh, been pretty exciting to watch throughout the year, and you know he he hasn't missed a beat since coming back for the Angels. So is he there every day, uh, DH now? Yeah, he must be. I mean, yeah. let's take a. I'll take a look at his game log and see what we. Well, got, he's but. got 19, 19, 19 uh, plate appearances. Yeah, nineteen ABs. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he definitely has Maybe to be a day off here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, great pick, Jordy. That's easily. You know, he definitely had a great week. Uh, one of the better ones in all of baseball. Uh, I'm gonna go with Alex Bregman from the Houston Astros. You just yeah. mentioned him. Yeah, you meant. Uh, nine RBIs, three home runs, six runs scored himself, hitting 476. Great week from him, uh, from a team that's peaking at the right time, and and hopefully they slow down uh, just in time for the Red Sox series. But <laughs> yeah. one, one can dream. Uh, I th- Audible mentioned, do you have any for the American League? I got a couple. 
I was going to ask you, did you not want to go Homer and throw Bogarts up there? Well, I, the honorable mention. I figured they lost two out of three, so okay. Yeah. Um, but my honorable mention, Jordy, was going to be Adrian Beltre. Oh, very Guy good call. Mash four home runs this week. Yeah, that's a big four week from seven RBIs. I have one that that is a little glaring as well. That ne- one of us should have picked. Yeah, the sneaky AL MVP. He might backdoor his way into this title from uh, your boy JD Francisco Lindor. I big know. week from him. Yeah, Mookie Betts is going to win the MVP, but yeah, Francisco Lindor had a huge week. You think, you, right? you think Mookie would get it over JD Martinez? Uh yeah, he plays way better defense. All right, all right. I don't I mean, know. I want JD to win the triple crown. That's well, why it's it's tough because we we talked about it a couple weeks ago how the two of them are stealing picture or stealing. You know, votes from each other, and that's it's tough to give Mookie the MVP when he's not the best hitter on his team, but he might as well be because he makes everything go when he's in the lineup. You know, when he's hitting first, he makes everything go. So, granted, JB hit a three run home run last night, which helped them win the game, but Mookie was on base for him for that to happen. The reason why Mookie's RBI numbers are down is because he's hitting first, right? The bottom yeah. of the order is not getting on, but. He's still he's still putting up pretty good numbers. So yeah, um, good. So, the, so you're saying if Lindor wins, he'd be like Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you get that reference. A little history reference. I love it. Yeah, a little history reference there. Yeah. Good for you, Jordy. Give me your give me your National League uh, hot player of the week, and and if you don't say, uh, well, we'll see what you got. Oh ho ho, man! Some threats here. Yikes! I was gonna go with. Trevor Story, nice Good. from the Colorado Rockies, matched seven or five homers. Uh, had he had seven hits, that's why I started saying nine RBI, a uh, couple eight strikeouts was a little bit much, but he had three stolen bases. A nice little week from him. Uh, we mentioned the Rockies; they're staying hot. Their offense is, is producing when they need to, and Story is a big part of that. I mean, he led the team in in ribbies, and he almost he led the National League almost. Uh, Jonathan Shope of the Brewers did, but he didn't have the best week batting, so I didn't pick him. Um, but yeah, story, huge week from him, and kind of a uh, hot and cold player. But when he's hot, he's hot. Yeah, I was I debated back and forth between Bryce Harper and Marcelo Zuna, two guys I know you hate. Um, no, I like Ozuna. I like Ozuna a lot. So I'm gonna go with Ozuna because he also had five home runs um, and batted. 385, much better than Story, but he only, you know, most of those home runs were solo home runs. So um, the reason why I wanted to give it to Harper because Harper had seven RBI, only two home runs, one stolen base, uh, and six runs scored himself. It might Twelve be walks. Yeah, it might be too little, too late for for Bryce Harper, um, but he's essentially now playing for a contract. Uh, <laughs> so if he can put up. If he can raise his averages and raise his numbers here in the last month and a half, when uh, when minor league pitching is on the mound, especially versus his team, uh, he'll help he'll help get himself paid. But Marcelo Marcel Osuna would be mine. Uh, no, that's a really good pick, and to give everybody an idea, um, Bryce Harper is eight for twenty one over the first nine days of September, and his bat that's three eighty one batting average, but he has fourteen walks. We saw this a couple years ago where Harper just gets walked and walked and walked. And I know the Cubs are a team that really like to do that. 
uh, when they play the Washington Nationals because they just want to they want no part of them, especially when they're the Cubs are playing at Nationals ballpark. So that's a big part of it. But I mean, the Cardinals were doing it a lot too. But the Cubs in three of that, it was supposed to be a four game series. Three of those games, they walked him six total times, Greg. Dang. And the one at bat he had in the six five loss yesterday or on uh, on Saturday was a home run. So Harper Dandy. I don't know <laughs> if that makes sense. But Who's your or no? You just went through your hot player of the week. Any cold players or or any honorable mentions you got? Um, yeah, National League. Um, Ronald Acuna Junior. 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 Three stolen bases. Yeah, that's you big. Know, that's huge. You know, you we had you had mentioned uh, over a month ago is. You know, is the idea of getting on base and is everyone just trying to home runs? Is getting on base and stealing bases a lost art? But it's good to see these young guys like Mookie Betts, like Francisco Lindor, like Robert. The Mets used a hit and run to beat the Phillies the other day, or not to beat, but to score to continue scoring on the Phillies. Yeah, so that's awesome. And Acuna Jr. also stealing stealing bases. So hit and run that's awesome that's huge uh, the red sox yeah. tried to do that a couple times too but it doesn't work out so greg should uh, we be worried about christian yellow she only batted 300 last week <laughs> definitely not uh any uh you got anything uh we should probably also mention mike trout went nine for 16 uh he did not play every single game last week but Damn pretty good ball. week from him two homers fit five ribbies uh Damn. but the angels are pretty Sam Darnold just threw a pick six for his first for his first throw in the in the, in the Oh no. <laughs> a pick oh, six. Oh no. I play the, the Lions defense. Oh, oh no. First play. Oh no. Oh, it's 715. If you can't tell, the team just started. Oh my God. Oh man, and I will talk all about this on this week's fun V tailgate. Oh man, you gotta love it. Um also shout out, because we were talking about the Phillies, and I know we we re- really use the the Phillies talk there, but I got to give a, a a shout out in terms of nationally hot players. Not the hottest streak, considering how hot and cold the Phillies offense has been, but Carlos Santana's had himself a nice September. He's starting to really come around, and I know I've been one of the last people on that that mountain of really valuing how often he does get on base via the walk. But he batted three twenty last week. He had three homers, five ribbies. He scored five runs himself. Yeah. So, I mean, if he can really start turning it up and start using that veteran presence, uh, I think that could really help out with the Phillies. We went, we've gone through their schedule a million times, so we don't need to jump into Phillies talk. Uh, I do have a bleacher creature for whoa, the Phillies. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are you glossing over pitchers of the week? No, no, I'm just saying as a hint for later. Uh, I do as a teaser for later. I have a bleacher creature for the Phillies. But yeah, let's move over to pitchers of the week, Greg. <laughs> All right, Jordy, give me your pitcher of the week. My National League, uh, not Roy Hobbs, um, Billy Chapel, starter of the week, is going to be is going to be Max Scherzer. Pitched twice this week, had twenty two strikeouts over sixteen innings. Uh, he let up a number of runs. His ERA starting to quote inflate a little bit. Um, he let up six runs over those sixteen innings. That's an ERA of three point three eight, a WHIP of point eight eight. Only. I mean, I guess only 
uh, 14 hits, only one walk to that 22 strikeout. So really, I mean, continuing to pound the case for his Cy Young candidacy. So, I mean, it's a little too little too late for the Nationals, but it's definitely a you know good time to for him to heat up, especially with DeGrom and Nola doing what they've been doing. Nola had a loss last week. So we'll we'll see how they go. I think, yeah, I think DeGrom's definitely deserving. Uh, my hot player for the National League or pitcher for the week is another guy who deserves to be in the conversation, uh, and that's Robbie Ray. Um, yep. yep. Two starts, zero earned runs, 16 strikeouts. Um, I had two earned runs for him. Sorry. That's what I meant. I zero, sorry, zero. <clears throat> Whoa. The only zero that I have is a loss. No losses. 16 Ks, zero holds, zero saves. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but we'll yeah. Blame we'll blame ESPN. We'll blame ESPN. 1.14 ERA. Uh, so good for him. Good week for him. Um, what do you got, Jordy? What's next? Uh, for American League, I am going to go with Mike Clevenger of the Cleveland Indians. We talk about their rotation a ton and we talk about, you know, the main guys in there, but Clevenger, he's obviously hung around for a while. He even got a loss last week, but his ERA was still at three, a whip of 0.83. That is uh, really is, is second to Robbie Ray and Ronaldo uh, Lopez of the White Sox in terms of whip. He, um, you know, 19 Ks one and one on the week and really another guy that helps out with that depth and the, the Cleveland starting end. Uh, to help them. And if, if they want to use him as a longer term guy, if they want to use him as number three, really depends on how Trevor Bauer comes back in a couple of weeks, but we will see how Clevenger does. <laughs> great. Uh, great choice, Jordy. Yeah. Uh, especially because is he a guy that's going to be moved to the bullpen come playoffs? So exactly. Uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what the Indians decide to do and how they go for, for everything. He's good. He he could easily, he could easily he's do very well. good. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go Edwin Diaz, the relief pitcher from the Seattle Mariners, three appearances, three saves. Hard to jump into your, your, uh, wild Rick, Ricky Vaughn wild thing of the week, but zero earned runs, six K's. I, the reason why, I, I mean, the real, the real person you should give it to is Tanaka who uh, went eight innings, one win, zero earned 10 K's, but I refuse to give Yankee pitcher any hot player of the week. So I'm going to go Edwin Diaz. Uh, closer for the Seattle Mariners. Homer! Homer! <laughs> so, that's all serious. So, I'm going to count that as your Ricky Vaughn wild no. thing relief pitcher of the week for Evan oh, Diaz. I have a relief pitcher of the week. You have another one? Another one you want to spotlight? Yeah, but please, do your do your thing. So, mine is going to be Ryan Butcher of the Oakland Athletics. Four holds and a win. He got a decision in all five appearances that he had. Just awesome to see. I mean, he even let up a run in one of those holds. I mean, only a couple strikeouts, but this guy, I mean, we can't say it enough. They have, they also have this guy, Lou Trevino, uh, very close to Lee Trevino. Shout out to other guys that have won golf tournaments in Philadelphia. But, I mean, their bullpen is just getting hot at the right time. You said it sneakily, sneakily one of the better bullpens in the American League. And, you know, we saw how valuable that was in the wild card game last year. So we'll see what the, the Oakland Athletics can do as they keep going forward. And, and I mean, watch out. They might be able to overtake the Yanks. I mean, and and it's really overtaking them to host, right? 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Great pick, Jordy. I try. That was a. I mean, who's better than you? Uh, I don't know who's got it better than us. Who's got it better than us? Uh, who is your other relief pitcher of the week, Greg? Cody Allen. Oh, good pick. Really good pick. The Cleveland Indians. Their bullpen continues and and will continue to remain uh, a strong point for them. Uh, four innings pitched, one save, seven Ks, and two holds, zero earned runs this week. Um, unbelievable week. Good for him. Uh, shout out. I know you don't like to give the Yankees shout outs, but shout out to Zach Britton, uh, really being all that the Yankees traded for and more. He had two saves and two appear- or two holds and two appearances last week. Let's move over to the National League, though, Greg. Who do you got for National League Reliever of the Week? Ah, you want me to do National League? All right. Um, very easy for me, Jordy. Um, Corey Kniebel. From the Milwaukee Brewers. All right. Um, four innings pitched, one save, one K, one hold, zero earned runs. Um, good week for him. He, uh, you know, previously mentioned the Brewers sort of going the wrong way, but he certainly is a uh, a good. The Brewers going the right way. Sorry, the Brewers going the right way, and he certainly is a huge reason why that's happening. Thank you. Yeah. No, no, no. That's a really good pick. I'm going to pick the man who rode the bullpen cart in his first appearance as an Arizona Diamondback. That is Brad Ziegler, uh, their setup man that they got from the Marlins earlier this year. Uh, 0.0 ERA and four appearances, three strikeouts, three holds, and a whip of 0.38. So really, really nice week from him. Could be a huge asset for the Diamondbacks and their playoff chances going forward. And, I mean, you just got to be able to close the door after he gets the hold, but you got to be able to hold the lead in those uh, late, uh, those late middle innings as well. Great, uh, great choice. Ah, I appreciate it. You know, you're killing it right now. Just trying, man. Trying to live the dream. <laughs> so you said you had a bleacher creature for us. Yeah. So my bleacher creature, Greg. If you have not been noticing, I mentioned golf in Philadelphia. Uh, if you're paying attention to the PGA Tour, you notice that they finished on Monday afternoon. That's because we've been getting hit with a. Tropical storm here in the uh, really the whole Northeast is, but Philadelphia has been getting hit with it a lot, especially over the weekend. And somebody on the Phillies grounds crew decided to take the tarp off and leave it out or leave it off the field while this storm was coming through. So the field's absolutely soaked coming into Monday afternoon. They, the Phillies are hosting the, the Washington Nationals. We mentioned this before. So the Phillies need to figure out some way to dry the field off, Greg. What do you think they did to come out and dry it off? Ooh. Um, let's see. My first thought was they rolled it of some kind. My second thought was they took a leaf blower. I'm going to take your leaf blower, Greg, and I'm going to take however many one-ups I need to get to a flamethrower. <laughs> they took flamethrowers on the dirt to really fucking get this serious? thing going. Yeah. I they look, and they look like it looks like a a a fire extinguisher, but instead it has like a instead of just being like a hose, it has like a big funnel at the end of it, and I guess it just it shoots out. It had the the liquid in the canister is obviously gas, and I guess it ignites to spray down on it, almost like a torch, and just to really just 
get this fucking dirt dry because of how waterlogged it is. Um, you know, but shout out to the Phillies grounds crew. I mean, it sounds like they're getting creative. Maybe it's a stay woke and they wanted to use it. They wanted to use these flamethrowers really bad. Somebody had a, you know, had the idea to invest in them over the weekend, maybe after a couple cocktails watching the Eagles win the Super Bowl and thought this was a good idea. So they, you know, they maybe they wanted to keep the tarp, the tarp off per, uh, purposefully, but you know, that's a, uh, Definitely an interesting story right now and uh and kind of a weird way to to continue to progress the narrative of September Phillies baseball. Hmm. Great choice, Jordy. You got any uh any interesting stories you saw over the week? Um so without getting too controversial, I wanted to get into the whole Serena Williams thing. Oh yeah. Do you want to do schedule for next week and then jump into that as kind of a, a wrap up? No. Okay. I'll be quick. Sorry. No, no, it's all good. Uh, I when I so I saw it live and when I first saw it, my thought was not a good look for Serena. Right? She yeah. was complaining to the ref, and you could argue because she watching the match, she got absolutely annihilated in the first set so she was losing pretty easily to this to this 20 year old and i don't i don't disagree and i don't i don't i don't watch enough tennis i don't know but i definitely believe that women get treated differently and you know by the fact that women let's say uh, a woman gets married and her name changes at wimbledon they still call her by her maiden name as opposed to her married name oh i did not know that that's kind of messed up Yes, exactly. So, yeah, it's not so, cool. Exactly. So, it for me, I definitely see that side of things, and I definitely understand that the there's a disparity, and there's not, uh, you know, women women tennis players are are probably treated unfairly, and and for her, um, you know, you're talking about the greatest probably tennis player, female tennis player, um, definitely this generation, and for them not to I don't want to say make an exception, but at least give her a chance as opposed to doing one, two, three, you're out automatically, right? Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta believe that there has to be some sort of superstar treatment. But my, my gripe with Serena is that she did it while she was getting smoked. Yeah, that's definitely the the bad look on it is that she was getting her ass handed to her. But it is definitely one thing where you saw, like, I guess, like, it. I didn't watch the match at all. I just saw it after the fact. And I guess it was, it looked like it was pretty obvious he was saying something to her, the coach and the coaching stuff. But it was really weirdly handled by that, that umpire and all that. And kind of, if you're just going to kind of be this stonewall at it and you have those moments, it's just, it was a very weird situation. And kind of, especially in the finals of something, you're going to let that be what dictates it, especially when you, you decide to hand out, you deduct her a game. I, I didn't like that. And I, I didn't like that whole aspect of it. Cause it, I mean, it definitely deflates a lot of it. I felt really bad for, for the girl who won, who feels exactly. like she needs to apologize. Like exactly, exactly. Like she was getting, that's the kind of, she's a 20 year old. She just won the arguably, you know, it could be, it could, it could in theory be the biggest win of her career. She's a 20 year old. And yeah. she's, she's the getting, first Japanese tennis player to win a major. Yeah. And she's getting booed. Uh, you know, that's just, 
not right because she did nothing wrong. She did nothing wrong. I could, I could get it. You could boo her if she did something wrong, but she did nothing wrong. So yeah. that would be my bleacher creature. And it's just a, not a good situation, not a good look. And the U.S., you know, the tennis, tennis, whatever, professional tennis is is not in the right here because they they came out and fined Serena, and they're not they're not doing themselves any favors um, by isolating their best player, their their most marketable player, if you will. Um, well, especially after the whole French Open decides that she can't wear the cat suit thing, right? Like, because she has to for medical reasons, and yeah, yeah it's the whole thing. So, I, I, they're not doing themselves any favor by isolating their best player and most marketable player. Um, so I, you know, it for that from that perspective. Um, but I just had to. I'd be fine if Serena did this, but you can't do it when you're losing. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree, and I, I guess she had. I never really realized. I guess she'd done it before, like maybe like five years ago, and she hadn't really done it for a few years. So you know, there, were, people thought that we were past that, and I guess that's part of where some people's frustration with it was too. And and um, she, well, here's the thing: is she thought that she thought that people were going to be mad, people were going to think that she was cheating, and she, she thought she was going to have a negative uh, perception about her because of cheating. But no one, no one thinks that getting a signal from your coach is cheating. So she, no, there was no need for her to, to even start the whole thing. If you think um, that don't ever watch a basketball game. <laughs> True that. Yeah. All right, Jordy, uh, week ahead. Uh, sorry to, uh, no, 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 that's all good. I, the only reason why I asked was so that we could, that we could jump, we could leave it for the end. Cause I'm glad we talked about it. It's just a, that's the only reason I want to so, keep the baseballs one and then other sports, but well, so all good. I'm glad we got to talk about it. Yeah, so that would be my Bleacher Creature. You had mentioned um, Cubs and Brewers. Um, is that your your only matchup you're looking forward to during the week, or do you have something else? Uh, that's my National League one. American League, I'm going to look at the Red Sox because they can, they're close to convince, or to clinching. You might have the actual number, but I think their magic number for just a playoff spot is very close to the low single digits. So, I mean, I'm just interested in watching that. I know – all the other teams that are in the playoffs aren't really playing any sort of huge, huge matchups as I'm looking through it. Houston plays Detroit, Cleveland plays Tampa, which I guess that's big, but just because of how hot Tampa's been, but New York playing uh, the Twins, Seattle playing San Diego, and they're basically out of it. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going to look at the Red Sox just because you will officially have the first team into the 2018 postseason. Yes. Yeah, so the Red Sox are one win. From officially clinching a, a spot, from a playoff spot. Yeah. Um, sorry, magic number one. So if the Yankees lose tonight, I believe. Yeah. So the Yankees but lose. Division, they were just a, a playoff spot. They're eleven. Their their magic number is their magic number is eleven for uh, the division. Okay. The magic, one for a spot. Okay. Magic number is one for playoffs. So. Um, so if the Yankees lose, I'm pretty sure they clinch a playoff spot tonight. Okay. If the well, wouldn't it be, it would be whoever's like basically in last. Oh, I'm not, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the Yankees that they have to worry about for a playoff well, spot. Okay. Fair. But there's some, someone saying there's a chance they could get it tonight, even though they're not playing. I'm trying to see who's like the lowest, the lowest like team that could catch up to him. Maybe it's the, the if the A's lose. Uh, because well, it would no, make like it would be a non. Basically, you have to worry about how much they're there. It would be like the Rays or the Mariners, right? 
Well, I'm just trying to think like, cause the, they clinch a spot by basically saying we could be the one through five seeds. So the reason why I said the A's is they're the five seed. So basically, are they so far ahead of the current five seed that they couldn't possibly be caught by them? You know what I mean? Six seed. Yeah. Or six seed. Yeah. So be, I guess the six seed. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Never mind. You're right. Um, yeah. So it'd be the Mariners. I guess if the Mariners lose tonight, then you're in. Yeah. Well, the Mariners are playing the movies, the Rays. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so yeah. It, great, great choices there, Jordy. Um, I'm looking at the. Arizona and Arizona Diamondbacks, Colorado Rockies. Yeah, it's big. Huge, huge series. Um, so that's my National League for this during the week. And um, American League, I mean, I want to say Cleveland, Tampa Bay, but there's really not that many good American League matchups going on this week. Yeah, I mean, that's really. The most intriguing one, Cleveland and Tampa. Uh, yeah. Tampa. Uh, I mean, not a Cleveland, ton during the week. We get yeah. a little more exciting in the in the weekend. Right. Cleveland's already in, and Tampa's, yeah. I guess, still fighting for a spot. So yeah. maybe that. But uh, what do you got for the weekend? What's on tap? So the weekend, the big one that I'm looking at is Houston hosting the Diamondbacks. I mean, in a crazy, bizarro National League West world, that could be a who West world. Um, could be a potential World Series matchup if the the Diamondbacks get hot, a la the 2007 Colorado Rockies, and just go on a fucking tear. But I mean, it's just an intriguing matchup. You got Robbie Ray versus Charlie Morton on Friday, Saturday. You got uh, Zach Godley versus Keuchel, and Sunday you have Granky versus Verlander. So really, three great starting pitching matchups. But uh, if the Diamondbacks are on, it could be a really intriguing series as well. Yeah, no, great choice. Um... And that was your National League, so we're starting National League? Uh, I'll, I'll use that as my – I'll use it, I guess, because an American League team's hosting American League. Um, NL, I'll use the the Nationals and the Braves, mainly just because the Braves and the – in theory, if the Nationals continue to be hot, they could make any, some sort of thump in terms of playing spoiler to the Braves and the Phillies are hosting the Marlins, so that's a, just a little selfish pick for me. I love it. Um, National League, I'm going to go the Reds at Chicago Cubs. Okay. Um, the Cubs, you know, we mentioned it, playing 500, they really need to – really need to – And don't play well against the Reds either. Right. They need to take two out of three. And Cincinnati, you know, we, we've been – we've mentioned it a couple times in the last month or so. Their pitching has really turned around almost since the Harvey trade, and they're starting to hit the ball a little bit. Um, currently leading the Dodgers – uh, four to nothing, four to one here. So they, you know, they're while they their record isn't showing it, they're a tough out. That's a tough team to beat. Yep. Um, my nat- my American League is going to be the Mets at the Red Sox. Uh, <laughs> you know, huge, huge there. Uh, Mets traveling over here, and uh, more so just because uh, the Mets and have I don't want to say have been my. American League team, but or National League team, but um, I am going to the game Friday, so I will be able to get some stadium snacks. Oh, for, there we go. Uh, oh, you get to see Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard Friday, yes, and yeah. then yeah, Degrom Saturday. So Degrom Porcello, what a matchup there! The I one know. that we uh, that we missed, Greg, was L.A. and St. Louis. That's going to be a fun one this weekend. Yeah, and it's uh, in, the ESPN in, game on Sunday. 
in St. Louis, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Uh, again, I don't, I'm not sure what the Sunday night game is for the NFL, but uh, maybe a good channel flipper. Another reason why the Red Sox is because uh, Chris Sale's return. Ah, yes, that's actually a really good point. Uh, against Jason Vargas, who that's where I had a lot of high hopes for after he had such a stellar year last year and never really could put it together. Red Sox also two games away from 100, so two yeah. wins away from 100. 100 watch, in effect. So good on you, mate. Jordy, what do you got to wrap us up here? Uh, you know, nothing too much. I mentioned the golf. Uh, they wrapped up this week at Aronimink. It's the first time that the BMW had been played on the East Coast. It had traditionally been in the Midwest. Uh, I believe it's the successor to the Western Open, uh, an old, old tournament that was a big deal. Um, now it's become the BMW in the FedEx Cup era. You and I talked a little bit off, off air, but Justin Rose lost in the playoff to Keegan Bradley. It was Keegan's first win in six years. Uh, JR, big guy in Philly. He won an Adirondack eight years ago, won at Marion, obviously, five years ago. Uh, I have a lot of family friends that have met him at Marion and said he could not be a nicer guy, a like the l- most genuine person that you've ever met. Marion wanted to offer him a, you know, honorary membership for winning and Justin Rose said no I'm going to pay my I'm going to pay I'm going to be a dues paying member pay the initiation fee which is no small feat at Marion and pays dues every month and he shows up every fall after the FedEx Cup and the Ryder Cup are all done with his buddies and they apparently all of his buddies wear the exact same outfit that he wore the Sunday he won at Marion but a uh, big shout out to Keegan he uh, definitely has grinded over a lot in the last six years he obviously won a major seven years ago in 2011 um, Tiger got close and he obviously got named to the Ryder cup last week, uh, Ryder cups in a couple weeks, but or in three, three or four weeks, I think it is, but two weeks, we got the, the tour championship. The one thing, Greg, that I know that Brooks Kepa didn't, he's the two, he's most of his wins this year came in the majors. I'm trying to think if his third win is only non-major, his four total wins, three majors and one non-major. And I don't, can't remember if that non-major was this year or not. But he's won two majors and he's sixth place in the FedEx Cup rankings. The reason why that's a big deal is if you're ranked one through five, you automatically win the FedEx Cup if you win the Tour Championship. Um, I think it's just kind of crazy to me that he, if you're going to use this as a season-long rankings and you're going to weight the playoffs more heavily, you should have the majors up there too. I think it's kind of crazy that he came in eighth place in the first round of the playoffs and move down in the standings. I, I just think that's kind of nuts. Um, I mean, there's been a lot of different talks to not have a situation like they had last year where Xander Shoffley won the tour championship, but Justin Thomas still won the FedEx cup itself and how to fix that. I have a lot of different theories, but we could get into that another time um, of how to make it almost like a true playoff or, or whatnot, but uh, definitely a, a fun weekend. It was out. It was out here in Philadelphia to Ronamink. never played the course, but I've caddied it and, Maddie D went and he uh, posts a lot of stuff on, on his own social media, not on the Thunder blog. So if you follow him, go check oh, that out. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I texted him too. He's like, oh, my phone's going to die. I'll do it later. And then he forgot. Um, so, Matt, there's, there's a little bit of shade thrown at you. It's a little deserved. Got to air the grievances out on the air. Um, well, the people got to know. The people, people got to know. If you people don't follow they're, Matt, they're missing it. The people that don't ma- follow Matt are missing it. I don't follow Matt. I would love to. I would love to be able to see it. Yeah, I'll tell him you're upset. I'll say that you're upset. That you're... I'm getting upset. Yeah, I'll say that you were there. And you didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway, 
Uh, I'm sure people probably tuned out now, so they're just hearing us do our ramblings. But if you are still here, make sure that you go follow us on all of our social media. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderbox Sports on Instagram and Facebook, uh, thunderboxsports.com, obviously the site where you can find all of our crazy shenanigans. Uh, Greg, I appreciate it. I'm glad this uh, was a net, despite the weather. I thought that would fuck up my internet because my internet always falls apart. But I'm glad this uh, this all worked out and we were able to squeeze it in. Uh, but I'm glad football's back. I'm glad baseball's heating up. Yeah, one, all- yeah, I got one final thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Listen- Listen back a couple of pods ago and realize I have uh, a couple of sayings that I repeat all the time, and those are more space fillers than anything else. Um, okay. So I'm sorry to all those people if I sound like I'm repeating myself when I say things like uh, 100% or not for nothing or Jordy. Some I people have it. So uh, hopefully I have I, those. I say get about a lot. Hopefully I didn't do that this week. I tried to consciously not do it but i might have uh and hopefully jordy if people hear this they go back and re-listen to the whole thing so they can uh tell tell, tell us what they tell us if i did it um you but, should come up with some sort of prize to give out somebody of like ooh, nice. can count whatever word we want to pick i love it great thoughts for thoughts for the next for the next hundred <laughs> as we wrap up episode 101 send us send us your thoughts uh, send us your thoughts leave them in the comments great man I appreciate it. Go Sox. Go Phils. That's going to do it for us here on the bullpen cart and go go birds.